The Protect Your Neck Podcast. UFC Vegas 69 Breakdown. Picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man From a white oak tree People sitting on porches Thinking how things used to be Dark night It's a dark night Dark night It's a dark night Hey yo, what's up everybody? Dan Tom here, your host, the late host with the uh with a late show today, but appreciate you all for joining me anyways. Um, of course, Dan Tom here. You might know me from MMAJunkie.com, Action Network, host of this year's show, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, going live on YouTube. If you're listening in the future, Dan Tom MMA. Not that I deserve it. Feel free to like, subscribe to contribute to the chat. And uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcast players, um, yeah, just um, five-star ratings and reviews, not that I deserve it, sorry. Got a bunch of updates and stuff was doing here, um, and now it's trying to talk to me. My, my, you know, I, I update things, and I'm like, oh, I don't like change, and um, that tends to be what happens there. Okay, looks like it's pretty pretty normal. All right. Um, I know we had uh, Mark Fellow's uh, Chronic Combat Conversations in the chat earlier, they're not showing as the top one. Some guy named Matt Joya is, though. Speaking of uh, grapplers, grappling podcasts there, uh, Matty G. Dan, please help. I cannot protect my neck against bow and arrows. You know what? I somehow, despite getting pwned and giving my back ridiculously, um, knock on wood, I've never went unconscious. I've come really close. I've seen the wizard like plenty of times. Uh, I think I've been choked out like when I was younger, like messing around in my Kempo karate and, you know bad grappling days but like as far as like you know anything relevant since like knowing what jujitsu was and all that stuff um but I, what comes closest is bow and arrow choke so i don't know if i'm much better um i gotta get back in the gi here i gotta get back into training it's been tough um you know i i, I gave myself a, a little haircut and uh, actually fed myself for once i don't usually do those two things been trying to cut my hair for like three weeks and uh feeding myself has been a you know been bad on the diet but trying to reprogram that stuff not that you guys care just happy to see, uh, you know, grappling friends in the chat. Always nice. James Kendrick. Thank you for always bringing honest and thoughtful analysis. There are a lot of people in MMA space who pretend they know the sport, and it's sad to see you, on the other hand, are very knowledgeable. Ah, way too kind. Let's not suck the D second fast, especially when I'm late. Ghost Phantom in the house. What's going on? What's good, Dan? New thumbnail and timestamp. Looks good, my friend. Thank you. I will pass the compliments to the chef. It was uh, my amazing girlfriend who got some good news that, uh, as, as stressed as I am, man, a lot of it's for other people, so... Uh, when, when, when good people in my life get good news, I feel charged. Um, I hope you guys, too, know what I'm talking about. So, um, yeah, she's in a good mood, and she deserves to be. We got some we had some good news, finally. Uh, Ramundo Martin, my man. Ramundo, one of the best in the business. Saw you on IG earlier looking fresh, Ramundo, cruising in your ride, sir. Hope you're doing well, my friend. Um, yeah, we're going to get to this breakdown. Shouldn't be too live of a show. Going to share it out now. And uh, I know I always say that check the timestamps in the future and be like you son of a bitch Dan um, but like you know I actually do mean it this time so uh, let's see here let's see if I can get get here to four uh, get going 
yeah, I'm, I'm still getting used to these timestamps. They're pretty cool, though. So uh, I really appreciate them. I'm glad you guys dig them. Again, I, as much as I complain about being busy as, as late as I am both literally tonight and just like with my promises like Stitchers and, and SoundClouds, uh, doesn't mean I'm not busting my ass and I'm not I'm not working and, and it's not producing stuff, you know. I am getting stuff done, but it is a it is a one-man show, so it's a little tough. So I appreciate y'all uh, for hanging with me. I'm going to tweet this out and we'll get going. Um, appreciate anyone being here. Ba-da-ba-bum, live now, breaking down hashtag UFC Vegas 69. Join here, DJ. Meh, meh, meh. All right, that's tweeted out at Dan Tom MMA is where you can find me. Might as well get that on the screen. Why not, right? Um, yeah, need a song. Hey, there I am. Right there. Aha. Um, okay, so yeah, we're gonna be breaking everything down top to bottom as per usual. Check the timestamps if you're listening in the future. Uh, I'm doing those now. Thanks to the Jack Slack timestamp guy over there in the comments, um, showed me how to do that. So hopefully I'll have like actual like professional timestamps for you guys. I'll try to mark it down as I go. Um, but with my normal analysis, you guys know the deal. I'll probably, you know, outside of maybe a fight or two, oh, we'll probably block the prelims as its own block because I tend to go through those pretty fast. Not enough time to watch them live, barely enough time to study them. Props to people who do make the time. But, uh, again, uh, a lot of craziness this week. Um, good craziness though. Like I, I was on the spinning back click. Thank you all for whoever joined, uh, me and the junkie fellas and, uh, you know, ladies as well. Not this time, of course. Um, uh, every Monday over there uh, at uh, 9 a.m. Pacific time, uh, live on the MMA Junkie YouTube channel. Um, you know, uh, uh, I'll try to give you guys like a heads up if I know I'm going to be on there and we can get some uh, Protect Your Neck uh, DT representation. Um, it definitely helps your boy, so I appreciate that. Um, I had another uh, great uh, watch along. Thank you guys for joining me. Got to shout my guy. Ant Walker, at Ant Walker MMA. Uh, me and him uh, have a good time. Me and him just vibing in general, but also getting our reps and trying to stay professional. Vibing in general. It's really nice. Make sure you give my man Ant Walker a follow. My man Mike Pendleton in the chat. My man Dan. What's up, Mike? Good people over there. We got some more good people uh, going further east from Chicago to Jersey. Jersey, Rebel Rebel, Dan Urban. It's Jim Miller Fight Week. Jersey, Jersey. That's right. I don't know where Dan is in Jersey. Dan, you in you you in Bergen County, Dan? Huh? Huh? You out there in Salem? Uh, huh? Out in the boonies? Where you at, Dan? You don't got You don't gotta re reveal. You're you're from Jersey. That's all that matters. Um. Yeah. We'll get to Jersey time. Jersey Jim, baby. Jersey Jersey. Uh. Yeah. You know. I'm excited for that. You know, for for a really crappy card, folks. I mean, you guys know we got Jim, Milasan time. Jim Milasan. We got Thick Riri time. We got Thick Willie in the house. You know, it's gonna be huge in Japan when he gets there. But he's in the UFC. Let's see. Let's see if he. Let's see if he uh, can stay. Make a. You know. You know. Fulfill his ten tenure. Uh, we'll get to that fight too. Of course, that'll be from top to bottom. Check the timestamps. Gonna do a quick recap of UFC 284. Uh, amongst the. Uh, you know. Brief recap that I give and plug over to the podcast feed that I did with Ant Walker MMA. Uh, of course, there is recap and fallout talk of all kinds of sorts on the spinning back click. A lot of good stuff to check out there. And again, um, also did just, you know, a fellow uh, friendly analyst site, you know, did Heavy Hands the uh, couple weeks before. Uh, Join the fight site, guys. Uh, Silas and Christian. Yeah, that's right. Um, really good dudes. Uh, listen to them on the podcast feed again. I, you know me, I love me some fight site podcast feed. So I've heard them before. Forbidden Technique podcast. They got they got they always got sweet intros on their stuff. So I was happy to break it down with them. So hopefully, um, you sickos who you know care to listen to my uh, thoughts 
so much. Uh, hopefully, you guys got your fill, and uh, I will. I can breeze through, you know, not too, uh, not not too lengthwise uh, here too far for the uh, results, which uh, you know, I, I of course have written down. I've got everything written down this week. You know, I'm gonna shout things that I didn't write down or that I wrote down last week and forgot. My guy, my guy, D loves underscore turmeric underscore tonic. That's right, the turmerictonic.com. Use code protect15 for 15% off. Make sure you use that. Spell turmeric right now. It sounds like I'm spelling it T-U-M. It's T-U-R-M-E-R-I-C. I didn't have to look down for any of that. You see, I, I had to focus a little bit, but I did not look down. Um, but yeah, no, uh, there's nothing to look really down on anyways here. Uh, my notes are a bit incomplete, but I wanted to give my guy a shout. I gotta order some more turmeric tonic, especially, uh, getting back, uh, uh, getting back into the workout regime. Want to get back into the wrestling rooms and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, just, just, uh, you know, uh, physical happiness is tied in with mental happiness. So you, I joked about not making time for that, but really it's bad. I really got to make time for it. Um, no excuses. I just really was trying to, uh. Yeah, I did extracurricular this week, and, uh, you know, was, was trying to stay on top of it in uh, other areas, you know. Um, so, it's just tough. There's just, you know, it's a tight schedule. What are you going to do? Um, all right, as far as picks go, uh, how do we do? We went one and two and three and three and one. Three, one and one for the main card. Three, two and one. Four, two and one. Five two and one, six two and one, seven two and one, eight two and one, eight three and one, eight four and one. Well, you know, Renner to Hugoff. Uh, yeah, eight four and one overall. Um, as far as pit goes, a surprise, surprise, folks. It was yet another losing night. Um, you know, I think I might have actually like broke even or came close or maybe even had like one winning night. I just I I have to look back. I might not even have tracked that night and told myself I was going to go back and track it. Um, so I might have actually had a losing. I just I've lost so much. Uh, I just you just get used to it, and uh, it it doesn't feel like I've had a winning night. In fact, even if I you know when I've, uh, I I cash bets and I did cash one bet and I had uh, again, folks. Why I always say the analysis is different than the picks than the bets. The analysis was actually surprise surprise pretty damn accurate. If I must say if I can say so myself, but. Can't put my chest out. Not that I do. Not that I am. Not that I'm programmed that way, which is the most unfortunate part of not being able to even have that option. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to put my chest because uh, the uh, picks actually weren't too bad, as we saw. You know, you could argue it was 9-3-1, and one, right? Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the bets were, were bad. We went, um, oh, we went 0-4 this time. We didn't even hit 1. Not that even 1 matters. You get at least the moral credit uh, for the round robin. Um Missed a uh, crew sub round three. Although again, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. It was a chaotic fight. It, you know, he went for it. What, what else can you ask? We cashed. Emmett Rodriguez does not go the distance plus one hundred. With my luck being so bad, and my record being so bad as of late, like, and again, I'm not really wired to do bold and brash statements. I try to stay more realistic. God forbid, and still somehow like get proven miraculously wrong as if I was out here making bold predictions. Um. Uh, I did want to say, and just like like I did like a card before, I can't remember what it was. It was a little more slightly chalky, but like really playable chalk, and it was arguably like the best best bet of the card. Um, Rodriguez Emmett being at plus money was the best bet of the card. You know, I should have went with my first instincts and just bet the main event goes to decision, which would have cashed and still wouldn't have saved my ass. So maybe it doesn't matter. 
Um, and just bet uh, does not go the distance. Of course, I got greedy. I did Yair by KO. Yair KO round two for plus 11.50. Both those were so close to hitting in exactly the way I called it, which we'll get to. But, of course, it did not. Dello round two was a miss. And so was Porter by sub. Uh, of course, it was a clear whiff and a miss. Um, which happens at heavyweight. That's the thing. That's why it's like annoying when you miss because people are like... Think some some asshole like that's what I hate the most. By the way, is people who like and that's what I found out like when I actually gave a shit about like some of y'all's uh, betting stuff and like was trying to you know uh, help out uh, in that regard. I, I saw that most of you guys, which is funny because it's like it seems like the type of people who would accuse other people of being outraged, outraged culture or calling people libs. Which I love that people are like, oh, you just hate Makachev, you lib. I'm like, I picked Makachev and. I'm not a lib. Like, it's a shout out to the South Paul meme. It's like, uh, has Han Solo doing the <laughs> shrugging his shoulders with a, with a shit eating grin for those not watching the screen. And it says, like, you know, it's like, call me an anti, call me a, uh, you know, uh, what do you call, like, uh, call me an anarch, uh, call me an anarchist, call me a commie. It shows, and it keeps just showing Han Solo not caring. And then it goes, call me a lib. And it's like, uh, Han Solo giving the finger, getting in, getting in the face confrontation. We're like, what did you say? Don't you ever. You know, like, I almost felt like sharing that, but it just, it was just so silly, these these comments that you really can't respond. Um, but, uh, and that's, of course, I'm going off into Makachev fans, uh, which, of course, we all have tales of. Because, again, you could pick and bet on the guy, but if you don't suck the, suck the dick just the way the fans like you to, which is really strange since they're very homophobic, a lot of them, um, they get very, very, very upset, very upset. But not, not, not even them alike. What I was saying is just, you know, what our culture and today kind of programs us to do to love drama, like, again, with, with betting scandal threads or whatever, like, you look at it, the people liking or trying to do things, like, they weren't giving credence to any of the people out there trying to help. They weren't giving the credence to anyone actually lending actual facts, being actually genuine, responding respectfully, promptly, and honestly and forthcoming, as I tend to try to do, whether you like me or agree with me or not. No, that stuff never gets responses. It's just little jabs, you know? And they will never respond to you. Again, you can respond to them respectfully, promptly, give them more than they deserve, and answering their question as well as questions for the greater geese and gander. Nothing. Not a like, not an acknowledgement. Uh, but they will go and continue to like everybody that's, you know, <laughs> look at this fucking labor, look at this idiot, and they'll like all the negative stuff because that's what we reward. That's what I learned. So uh, I don't even know what got me off on that tangent, but... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, with, uh, yeah, somebody, like, you know, of course, made a comment, was like, uh, I was like, ah, you know, showing my ass on a losing night, but, uh, you know, of course, somebody, you know, and I show my record and stuff, that's, like, terrible looking, right, and, uh, and I, I reference, I'm like, ah, it, it sucks, because a lot of these were, were, were close, so, and, of course, I'm referencing, as in my losing year that I was accounting for, hence the tweet, of course, the one thing they poke out, poke out is, is the laziest, easiest thing right at the beginning. Like, ha, 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 hey, you picked Porter by sub, huh? And not seeing that it was only a quarter unit for plus 600 and that it was one of those two outcome fights or any of the context or analysis. And that's the thing, you know. Uh, you're forced to break down and make picks. Uh, I probably would have got shit for just getting the pick wrong anyways. And that, that's why I hate that they put these low-level heavyweight fights on main cards. Oh, we'll get to that soon, folks. Don't you worry. The, the, the UFC matchmakers never let us down in that regard. Uh, but yeah, when you're dumb enough to even make like a, just a for fun small play, you know, they'll pick that out. And, you know, I came clean on that. I didn't say go look at the others. I didn't get to it. But, you know, do they, do they? No, no, no. It's just, it's just throwing in the negative bomb and then they're, uh, you know, off, you know, jerking off to whatever part of the internet they go to. Um, you know, which is why I just, uh, I, you know, 
I hate people. And, you know, I think, like, I don't know if that was it or whatever. Like, I wasn't trying to, like, play my violin. But everybody was, like, really nice to me afterwards and was, like, giving me credit for my analysis. Now, I did tweet, you know, which which was called a victory lapping, which I loved. Or, like, you know, like someone said I was bragging. I think, you know, I only got that because my outlet picked it up, which was really nice of them. Um, I didn't even, like, do a hashtag. I didn't do any words. I didn't do any gifts. No exclamations, no, 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 no jerking myself off. Just simply posted a, like the last paragraph from my prediction, which wasn't even a bold prediction. Like to be honest, between you, you and me, and, and and I said this, you know, in private chat when I thanked my outlet, I said to be honest, guys, I didn't even think this was the craziest call. Like, you know, the the co-main event was a crazier call that I had on the same card, and again, allow me to take a break from kicking the shit out of myself as I tend to overly do at a disproportionate amount of the time, which is ironic for people saying that I victory lap. But there are plenty, if I may compliment myself for a second, there are plenty of, like, analysis calls, like, for the past years. You know what I'm saying? So, the, the, but but the, the thing about this one was, it wasn't even a bold, audacious call, which, again, is not my style. My thing was just, like, whether it was the Makachev fans, whether it was the betters with the betting line, or a smaller percentage uh, that I'm obviously, you know, is less annoying because it... it you don't really have that with the Volkanovsky fans. But yeah, you got the hardcore Volk people. You just had hardcores with hard opinions on either side with no no give. You know, no give for a sport as volatile as MMA. No give for talents that are proven pound for pound. No give for the weirdness of MMA. Like, it just, you know... So I, I I had a fairly mild and conservative prediction. Was it, was it spot on in a bunch of ways? Did it age well? Sure, yeah, I guess. But like... It was fairly mild. Um, but yeah, people were like, uh, oh, you victory lapping. Do you post your losses? And I'm like, buddy, how lazy are y'all? Like, all you have to do is go to, like, my very previous post. You don't got to scroll the timeline. And it's, like, me showing my ass for the umpteenth time, like, this year. Um, with record in tow and attached. Like, I, I did it all for you. Uh, so, I again, I know you shouldn't give credit. Dan, what are you wasting time for? Da-da-da-da. There's always going to be trash. I understand that, but you guys know me. I'm a man of principle, and it's like... You don't got to agree with me. You don't got to like me. That's that's not even the thing. I don't even want you to like me. I don't even want you to agree with me. Um, I don't even think I deserve amazing things. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can shit on me. I'll probably agree with you. All those things. But when it but when it comes to certain things, like you, you're going to call me dishonest. You want to call me uh, that I don't account for my losses. Say that I victory lap. Like, the things that I am, like, the la- You know, you want to go, you know, you know, bark up that lazy tree and be like, you don't even train media guy. Like, again... I'm a, I'm a nerd. I'm nobody special. But it, I'm also the last motherfucker you can go to and say, you don't put your due diligence into training. You haven't given enough to the sport. Because that's, that's fucking factually false. So there are certain things that I just, I, I I refuse to just give and say the sky is not blue when it is a blue, you know, and things I feel principally strong about. But yeah, it was a shitty night, as you can tell by my... uh. Uh, little rant there as far as betting goes. It was good as far as, you know, this is why, uh, even though, uh, that's why I was glad that I didn't bet on the uh, main event because it's hard. Like, I, I'd be lying. I'd probably watch back. And um, it's like mixed emotions. Like, you know, I definitely, this is why I would never bet if I did, but at, at the same time, this is my beat and it's my only way to get reps. So I'm going to have to balance this line of bias for these live broadcasts. But yeah, this one was harder this week. Like the other week, I didn't care. Like everybody was getting upset, or like the pay per view before, oh, doctor stoppage or this or that. Like I lost money on those things, and I was the first person on the broadcast. I was like, no, sensible. I even called it in real time. It was a punch. Um, 
I preached before and after on eye health, and of course the universe rewarded me, but weeks of shitty eye health after that, ironically. Thanks, universe. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, like, uh, but yeah, like this one was like, oh, that really took the heart out of me, you know, because, uh, it was tough, you know, I didn't bet a lot, so I didn't lose a lot, but like, you know, all I needed was like that Yair round sub, uh, this to, 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 to get the TKO instead of sub in round two, or Kroot get the, get that sub in round three, and just one of those had to a cash for me to have made back my entire bankroll, what I was risking. So, you know, that, and those were very, you know, uh, you know, uh, close. Very one of them was a very stupid fight to bet on, so no sympathy should be given to me there. We'll get to that. But yeah, Makachev Volk. Um, basically, uh, again, I gave the caveat that we can't score when we're live as well, and I was just getting lost in the excitement because my losing night was over. So I was trying to pick myself up from that with this fight that I all of a sudden I was getting really excited about. And you know, I'm I, again, folks. When I'm saying these things, I'm not saying it from a high horse. I say it from a person who makes the mistakes, have made the mistakes. Before or semi-recently, as soon as last Saturday, you know, as far as, like, getting excited. And even though I wasn't scoring and told you guys not to put credence, nor did I put credence, um, I felt that it was rather convincing rounds three and five for Volk and that he would have only had to have gotten round two, which I suspect he could have gotten and made why a scoring argument could have been made despite not scoring myself. Um, So I suspected we could have saw a new champion live caught up in the moment. Um... You know, that bias of, I guess, not expecting. But again, I, I thought it was going to be a competitive fight. So I don't know how much of it it was that. But again, none of us are beyond this live excitement. So on rewatch, uh, and a lot of people were like, okay, it's not even that, like, Volk lost. It was that 4-1 to one scorecard. And Derek Cleary, Cleary was an outjudge a lot of the times that night, including, uh, you know, not the most uh, questionable scorecard, you know, they were, you know, could be close rounds if you go back and look at them. I did not, so I'm not going to crap on it. But yeah, Derek clearly did not make a good account for himself that night. And to be honest, Derek clearly, I disagree with so much as a high-level judge. I probably disagree with him the most. To the point of, I used to get him confused perpetually with Doug Crosby. Just because I was like, I would just disagree with Cleary's cards so much that, not so much, but more than anybody else to where I actually notice it, right? Um, to the like, I was like, wait, is, isn't it Crosby was the bad one or is it Cleary, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and, and that's not to shit on Cleary. And I say this to set up the fact that when I went back to rewatch it, I'm not going to go and crazily litigate it because I already had to rewatch it for the fight site podcast. And then having to jump back over and get back on the studies and books for this week, uh, my brain could barely hang on to so much. So I can't even like make hard arguments. Not that I would, but I actually ended up scoring it in line with Doug Crosby, 4-1 Makachev. Um, for his long counters, knees to the body, and some elbows that I also missed in real time. And, and probably a lot of us did. I mean, um, a lot of deceptive counters and stuff in there and uh, and whatnot. Um, Volkanovsky kind of running a little bit wild and out of character. I want to shout out one of my favorite recap podcasts. It seems like they only do it for the pay-per-views, but Southpaw Podcast, I shot them out before, my guy Sam Yang and uh, Jason Sargis. Um Great analyst there, but Sam had something, had a great, and Jason was giving him his his, his, his flowers for it too. But uh, it was like, Volkanovsky is like, uh, maybe does worse in Australia because uh, he likes, you know, being the underdog so much. You talk about that mentality. I think my guy's named Simon, kind of uh, 
not psychoanalyzed seriously, obviously, but the kind of those kind of sort of tweets on the mindset you must have for a fighter in general and how strong that particular mindset of trying to be the underdog is with Volkanovski, how he arguably needs that, whereas Volkanovski in Australia feels like the top dog, right? And um, I know they were back earlier performances in his career when he was Wilder and, again, earlier performances, but when he did face the other Southpaws and other fighters when he was in Australia, those were more aggressive Volkanovski performances. Maybe there was something to that, as Sam Yang said. He's kind of like... You know, Australia, Volk fighting in Australia, uh, fighting in Australia and Volkanovski is like putting, you know, the two kids in, uh, sitting next to each other in class that shouldn't be next to each other. You know, they, they talk too much and it distracts them from his work, right? It like distracts the A student, right? And and, and maybe that, I butchered the analogy Sam, Sam brilliantly put, but that's, I get it. I get it. You know, maybe there was some of that, you know, uh, where again, Volkanovski was a proven adjuster in rematches. We haven't seen um, Mahachev. And if anyone's going to be more credit in their pacing or pushing a pace, uh, perhaps it's Volk, um, despite the you know countering uh, dynamic, going to be something he needs to solve. Obviously, the southpaw there. Uh, so, yeah, man, good on good on Mahachev, um, good on Volk, and yeah, everybody's been getting wrapped up in the pound for pound stuff, which is which is always pretty silly. Um, you guys know me. Uh, I just get mad because like the usual things aren't aren't really talked about, and I feel like people this time around in defense have done a better job of trying to get to that um you know as far as rounded skills and what we're actually talking about um uh, talking about here why people like myself love these lighter weight classes and stuff in the first place um because that's the spirit in which the discussion was introduced but i'm not going to get into that here um Mikhachev retains i'm okay with 4-1 scorecard um, I'm okay with a 3-2 Volk if you want to make that argument, but I honestly feel like 4-1 is, is more of an argument, uh, easier argument to make for whatever that's worth if we wanted to split hairs. Yaya Rodriguez defeated Josh Emmett via sub-triangle. Uh, chat, I appreciate you guys. I'm going to get you, to you guys uh, after this in between uh, before I start the uh, relevant UFC card. Um, yeah, again, body kicks was going to be the uh, super jour of the day. Um, don't blame anybody if they gave Emmett the first round, not that it mattered. Um, but when I watched it the second time, it seemed like Rodriguez was less hurt watching it the second time. And it was more just kind of poor decisions uh, that got him caught in the first place. He's doing the counterbalancing cross off of his kick, like everybody from Machida to uh, the late, great Elias Theodore would do. Power kick from the southpaw side, counterbalance with a power left cross off the same side. Uh, Rodriguez, like he's been doing with his crosses, like I noted, he's been rolling his head off his crosses more. He even did it in these quick in conjunction movements, but when he got caught by Emmett, he stayed uh, and connected a check right hook. So he kicks, and then he counterbalances the same side with a cross, and then he came back for a check hook, which left his his head right on line, got hit, and then it was good ground and pound that should obviously score for Emmett. Uh, but again, I think it was less because Yair was hurt, but more because he just makes low percentage guard decisions. He's like, let me try to retain awkwardly guard catch armbar here or something like and was getting popped for it, relying on his durability. Um, that being said, if he does a southpaw double attack and realizes that was working and doesn't get away with it, like Emmett, and presses it against Volk, perhaps something could be there. Um, you know, the size is crazy. Yair is just always a hard case, but uh, makes it more interesting while I pick him. You know, I don't like to give definitive answers, but probably not. No surprise there, but made it much more interesting. Props to Rodriguez. Uh, Jack Della Maddalena defeated Randy Brown via sub RNC. 
Um, that didn't mess me up, the fact that he went for the sub. The KO guy went for the sub in this fight as well. Uh, but again, I swing and a miss on, on Jack Della Maddalena round two, you know. Um, you know, my, my guy Aaron Brownstetter was like, you're due, you're due, Dan. And I appreciate it. My guy, my guy AV was trying to give me a lot of props. He, he and some other of y'all said that I sounded really positive despite my crazy losing streak. And again, that's why y'all can get right out of here. Just positive mindset, bro. Just... Just fruition because I was positive last week. I was having fun. I did, did my work and I, I had the great attitude. I, I I do a lot of the weeks, man. That's just not. Just some guys are lucky, some guys ain't. Um, you know. And uh, but but Aaron was saying he was trying to give me some good juju on our preview show that we're back to doing, which is nice uh, over there. Um, but uh, on uh, Aaron's handle, uh, Aaron Bronstetter. But um, but yeah, man. Uh, he was saying like you're due, you're you're due. Uh, and like uh, you know, again, uh, I next up I got to do shirt shirts and set up a store. But uh, that would be fun betting shirts, you know. Uh, I'm due. Uh, period. The Protecting Neck Podcast or something. I don't know. Um. Yeah, yeah. I probably have to have like a graphic under it, otherwise people are gonna be like, you know. You know, especially if you've got a bit of a belly. Like, how, how long? How long till the baby comes there? Uh, you know? <laughs> Maybe that might take some thought. I don't know. I'm just thinking like Protect Your Neck podcast logo with a pocket tee. And then I'm doing the background, you know. You, you look like you're at some fucking weird Vegas bachelor party. A scavenger hunt. Um, but yeah, uh, Randy Brown, of course, instantly dead. Uh, again, the analysis was right. I picked this fight basically off cage positioning. was the easy way to break it down. I had... Technical answers like body works, jab, trigger, counters, and all that stuff that were prevalent, although really Jack Delamina didn't need to go to the body. Didn't even need to dust off his occasional underrated kicks from the orthodox power side. Um, as Randy Brown, who started doing off really well, which was, again, part of the analysis around two, he was going to do well, give Jack problems. Like, he was actually in the beginning, which people, you know, forgot. Um, but again, back to my analysis, Randy Brown will make fights closer than they need to part and parcel uh partially by putting himself with his back to the fence and as soon as he put his back to the fence he instant died um so there was that there was the round uh round two play there was any tko plays if he had uh you know unless he bought heavy on the inside the distance or show me those tickets if you took the sub shot you know good on you justin taffa defeated parker porter via first round ko we got nothing much to advertise that there um i saw people comparing it to mark hunt i think just because the guy is samoan um, it was a southpaw cross counter uh mark hunt is an orthodox guy who does uh slip uppercut hook returns uh slip hook returns um uh jabbing over the uh or crossing over the jab you know uh as jen pulver who i, I love on comment commentary and love that he uh on this card of all cards i'm not going to go on the same rant junkie already shared my rant out um, on this, you guys know where I stand on the light, light, lightweight legacy talk and this and that. Uh, but I like when Jens Pulver talks about people countering a cross, uh, countering someone's jab with a cross. It's like they're they're going at you with a pair of jacks and you've got a pair of kings. You know, you just I like that trade more often than not. <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, Justin Taffa, um, you know, did more oddly enough closer to a more of a Conor McGregor. Uh, a little counter there, and again, it, it's heavyweight MMA. Um, you get what you you know, pick or play doesn't matter what. You can't really expect much, which just makes it extra annoying. You know, uh, people pumping chest out on that, 
Jimmy Crew versus Alonzo Menafield is a majority draw. Uh, apologies if like the draw cost you guys a scorecard. Hopefully, you got, at least got pushes in your houses. The uh, only thing, I, again, this was a crazy fight, not even worth putting money on. And I didn't put much on it, so between that and the fact that I shouldn't bet in the first place, who the hell has any right to cry or puff their chest out? But uh, I was joking with my guy Aaron, who had a, I kind of gave him a look on the preview show, like you know, I, I, I try to be polite, you know, uh, you know whatnot, and and uh, and uh, Aaron always, you know, he's a guy who shows his work with good analysis. Um, but I was like, oh my gosh, I, I, he was like, well, I was like, I'm not gonna lie, that's kind of a crazy uh, parlay piece that it sees round two, and, my, and that sounds crazy for me to say, because like, well, Dan, you're sitting here betting one dude to win by a particular method in round three. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and granted, again, that was a, a high-plus number um, single-shot sprinkle flyer, however you want to consider it. But uh, the, just, to, just to point out again, man, it's just, you know, this is just this is just how it goes at MMA. You know, um, my, my mentality or my reasoning was, you know, again, it's a low amount. It's a high number, which could be justifiable on its own, but... As far as the volatile matchup, if it does get to round three, Menafield does not have a good round three in him, and uh, Jimmy Crute um, has went like five rounds in the regional scene. Like his fights always end in round one, but for people that forget, um, in his initial scouting report coming in, one of the big highlights was his cardio. Not just because again he's went there won you know regional championships that went the distance yada yada, but just like the the gym stories as far as cardio, so the rough and tumble. You know he also showed the mentalness uh, to get through it. But again, man. Just wasn't meant to be. Could have, could have made the night there. Happy for my guy Aaron. Happy for any of you guys that cash. You know, I have, I have friends that cash that bet on the most volatile fights in cash. It's just, I'm not hating on it. I'm just like, I can't help but look at that and then look at like my reasoning and methodology and being still being somewhat safe or whatever. And I'm like, can I at least get one of these breaks? You know, like, again, again, I guess maybe I did. You know, although, you know, on a one parlay I hit, uh, you know. As far you know, as far what by two parlays I've hit in the last half a year, still lost the night anyway, still losing year, still haven't lost an event. But yes, okay, 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 yeah, I hit the stupid parlay stuff too with the minus five hundred, uh, Nunez, um, not Amanda Nunez, the short Andrade looking Nunez, right? So I guess I've hit those two, but it is, it is, it is. It, again, this is, this is, this is, it's a brutal game, folks. It's a brutal game, and again, I called it. You know, no, this is negative. This is negative. You're gonna, you're not being positive enough, man. But yeah, yeah, I called it. This is uh, even though I've had public records in many forms that I could be audited and do audit myself. This is the first time I'm doing it in a actionable uh, app or a, an, an app that's easy to access. There, uh, public record, third party, if you will. So of course I'm gonna just eat bags and bags of dicks to start. Uh, Modestus Bukowskis defeated Toss Torsen Pedro, but defeated Torsen Pedro there. Um, props to anybody that had the dog, by the way. My guy Aaron again. Uh, he showed his work really well, and like I almost wanted to go play Modestus after doing our preview show, and uh, dude was you know, I had to give him his flowers for that uh, on Twitter because that was that was a really good call. Um, Josh uh, Kulabau defeated Melsic Bagdasarian. Um, I mean, just talk about fouling. I mean, look at this fight. Jesus Christ. Those Australian refs are brutal. Glad Koulibau pulled it off. Uh, happy for all my friends that bet and cash that. Um, it was a little crazy fight. I couldn't get Koulibau plus money, so that kept me away, even though even minus 115 was more than playable. 
of course, go figure. I pass on the volatile fight, and I miss the boat, despite the guy I picked winning. Anyways, uh, Jamie Malarkey, Ted Danson's bastard son. I just uh, defeated Francisco Prado via unanimous decision. I had the under, and of course, you know, Malarkey wants to uh, uh, fight super safe on that fight. And I was just like, Ugh. And I was like, you know, Dan, you bet it, you bet it, you bet it. But then there are people who, like, didn't bet and were just like, what the fuck, dude? Well, he shouldn't have, uh, you know, uh, he was doing, he was riding that line where safe becomes unsafe. You know, he was fighting so safe, he was fighting unsafe by letting this guy hang around. Uh, of course, I slipped uh, Clayton Rodriguez and defeated Shannon Ross via first round TKO. That was uh, really impressive. Jack Jenkins defeated Don Shannis via unanimous decision. Didn't watch any of these. Loma Lopumi defeated Elise Reed. Of course, you know me. I love Loma. Uh, so very happy to see her get that submission back. Working on her ground game. I know Hickman Brothers, uh, plenty of people down there. Uh, Bang Tao have been really working with her. Blake uh, Builder seemed to be a popular dog fat pick after the fact. I say after the fact not because anybody was after the fact. I just happened to notice after the fact. I was like, okay, well, I must have been sleeping on this. Um... Which is a weak spot for me because, you know, I like me some Shane Young, so I get it. Uh, happy to anybody to catch that. I didn't. I, I stayed away. Um, I stayed away from this one, too. But, again, I was just trying to keep that same energy, which is why I actually did want to go back and look back at this one. But, again, all the things I was doing this week, plus extracurricular things, that, that just did not leave time for this of a rewatch of all things, which was Elvis Brenner versus Zubaira to Hugoff. And, again, to Hugoff. Didn't win by the biggest margin in round one. Uh, could have easily been accused of coasting, which he's done, which I believe is due to a stamina issue, and which is sad that he still has at 155. He looked in not great shape on this one. Did he miss weight too, I believe? I don't know. But still, it does break my heart to see again a counter-striker uh, be on the wrong end of these close decisions when there's blood blood or body work involved. I don't know how much body work Dehugov particularly did. Um, in fact, you know, you could say that Brenner with his kicks, I'm going to guess, probably racked up, with, even though stats are deceiving and not a lot of his landed, even the ones that are credited, who knows how clean they really landed. But yeah, he probably actually targeted the body and legs more than Tuhugov, so maybe not that, but still the basic theme archetype of counter-strikers or big swinging, big dazzling, ooh, we have cut, we have superficial damage. Um, it just felt like that, it seemed like that across the board. And that 37 card, 27 card by Evan Field was just kind of uh, kind of ridiculous, um, to be honest. It was not a great scorecard. Okay, how much time is that? 37. We finish the recap. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Alrighty. Uh, I'm not going to bother to do the uh, any of the uh, Amazon uh, shouts or, or on it ones. On it doesn't give me a list for the click throughs that I have at mixedmartialanalyst.com. Um, not going to do a full plug. I don't deserve it. But in case you guys are the people who are still patronizing those links, again, you just click through. It sends a small percentage back to this podcast. No extra charge of your own. Um, I will read off and pontificate in usual comedic fashion. I just, uh, my voice is going. I'm already late. I don't want to make this podcast any later. So let me uh, jump over to you guys. Um, James Kendrick, I can't protect my neck against crucifix assassin chokes, if you know what that is. Crucifix assassin chokes. I'll have to look that up, my friend. It'll be another time. I apologize. But uh, as Robert Drysdale said when someone asked, because uh, he used to be a coach at Extreme Couture when he first moved up in 2008, someone asked Robert, what's the best defense when uh, for an RNC when they already have it locked? He's like, well, it's easy. Don't, don't get there. It's always the cheeky answer, but, uh, you know. I imagine crucifix a lot I had to have gone wrong before you get put in whatever the crucifix choke is, in other words. 
Um, <laughs> Hater, <laughs> Umar, Nirmaga Madoff. Yeah, I saw that with uh, with Aljo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I can see that coming a mile away. Aljo saying what a lot of us think, but uh, you know, you got you you uh, you could definitely steer into some strange territory that I definitely try not to do myself. Obviously, um, there are people with like weird like you know starts going into weird racial and religious. Fan, listen. I don't care if, if if someone's bringing that energy. I am not. I am only talking about stupid fandom that I compared last podcast to. What I'm just imagining is our version of what we get front running teams and franchises and other sports. Like that's what essentially you get with, you know, um, the fans of you know Dagestani's. And I say that because not because Dagestani's. Like this could be Russian. This could be Eastern European. Because the people. Some of the people who who fandom these fighters so hard, they will do it. Those are the wrong people. Like they're like, oh yeah, I'm sure they think like Volkanovski's Russian. Like he's Macedonian, folks. Sheshkapiska, by the way. Uh, <laughs> just terrible because I just said something nasty to, to people that actually speak Macedonian, which are fine people. Guitar player, in my band was Macedonian. Um, yeah, so it's just it's. So I, I definitely am not trying to steer into that. My guy Liam picks fights. Prop Squad member over the Action Network, my guy Liam. Hey, Dan Tom. Glad I'm catching you live. Thank you, Liam. Appreciate you, sir. Uh, Liam, of course, does betting content as well. Like I mentioned, he's, he's one of my colleagues over there at, uh, at, at Action Network. Being kind, saying your analysis slapped last week, no cap. I appreciate that. Unfortunately, it felt like a white power slap because uh, my, my uh, you know, uh, my bank account was pretty bad. I mean, it was, you know, it was even worse than the power slappers. Let's just say that. But, you know, I appreciate you, my man. You're giving love. And I need to be better at taking compliments, you know, despite people, you know, online accusing me of all people in the gambling community being a victory lapper. Me? <laughs> oh, really? Uh, Silver Linings, East Coast Night Owls. Appreciate you, East Coast Night Owls, especially. Shout out to the Beast Coast, baby. Um... Guru the Pig says, with Islam's 155 cut being huge problem going forward, this is his words, a rematch with Volk is highly unlikely in my honest opinion. Fans should appreciate how great 284 was. I agree with that instead of complaining about it so much. I definitely agree with the end. Um, and the, it's not that I disagree that the cut is tough, but um, I don't know if that's going to be the defining reason or will be a you know precursor. Well, it will eventually, especially as he gets older, but yeah. I don't agree with the, the other stuff. Uh, I don't disagree with the other stuff, though. Appreciate you being a first-time listener, Guru the Pig, hanging out. It was a 50-50 fight. Could have gone either way. You know, you could make that argument. Again, I sided a little more on the Makhachev side. I'm not trying to get crazy with it, um, and I don't blame anybody with a 3-2 volt card. I would, in a perfect world, I would love that card, right? Dan Urban, Jim Miller, number one, pound for pound. Uh, uh, easy. Easy. I mean, you know... Uh, Give me a guy who actually like gained weight, uh, Tiago Alves, uh, to fight Tiago Alves, former welterweight title challenger, at the Garden, uh, when Alves missed weight and Jim said, "Hold my beer while I hold while I chug this water, and uh, jump on the scale with my probably my hunting camo fatigues, um, you know, to make weight." Jim Miller, Miller son, it's Jim Miller time, you know it. My guy Tony, Anthony C. What are you giving me love for, Tony? I just said I don't deserve the love, my guy Anthony, giving this super sticker. Um, I, wow, I was thinking, I was 
almost not even gonna like monetize uh, monetize this video because I definitely uh, don't feel like I deserve the tips. But Anthony is an OG better, an OG podcast listener. He's been around, and anybody been around the betting game knows we go through our lows. I'm having a kind of a comical one right now, but that aside, um, as you guys are reminding me, um, you know, I've helped you guys before, I guess. So maybe I'll just write it off to that. But my guy Tony is way too kind. Way too much of a kind. So, good juju to you, sir. It is well-deserved. Parlay on me, buddy. Well, whatever your parlay is, I, I'm hoping it cashes. Um, spoiler alert, no parlay yet. That doesn't mean I won't have one. Uh, I'll let you guys know what I'm looking at, what I've already played. I already put up my uh, three bets uh, across two fights or over on my Action Network app. I'm getting better at adding that throughout the week, too, so I feel less bad about making bets or putting lines up if I do occasionally get some early. Because, I, you know me, I'm not the CLV guy before the podcast. So, again, um, you just type in Dan Tom, I believe, or Dan Tom MMA. Uh, look at my timeline, at Dan Tom MMA. I have links on the Action Network app, Action app. Really easy to use if you guys want to check that out. Follow what my bets are. Hey, speaking of bets and OGs, we got Alpine PD Nushan. The comeback starts Saturday. That's right. That's right, buddy. Um, MMA analysis. Uh, good dudes over there. Marcus Mustard. Loma looked good. You know, from what little I saw and from what I saw on the timeline, uh, that's what I heard, and it warmed my heart. Mr. Mustard. Marcus. Kyle Johnson. Bets this year are teaching me to go money line over prop whenever possible. If you can afford it, I always say so myself. And to be honest, a lot of good bettors, a lot of serious bettors, out there, uh, that's what they do, both because of kicking for coverage and getting burnt like that, and also uh, because big limits. Um, people say they're big betters and they're only doing like prop flyers or these real limited things. It's like they can't be, folks. We, you should know, anyways, that there are, are, are limits. And even though you know they're a bit rich in my blood, if I were maxing out these limits, you know, me, maybe you out there as well, maybe you're in the same boat as me. Uh, but the general we, or as the big ballers pretend to be, um, yeah, man, most of the big fish are playing money lines because that's what all you can play. Um, all right. Yep, too much variance with outcomes. Easier to just ride with the potential winner, Kyle Johnson says. I don't disagree with that at all. Appreciate the banter going down there. Um, Nandalao. Razaya, I apologize if I mispronounce your name. He says, just wait till an Indian fighter makes some waves. Largest online English-speaking army in the world. Oh, man. I, I, I love uh, I love India, man. I get I get mistaken for being from there. So, of course, I got love for... I got love for uh, my brothers and sisters from India. Uh, I, I, I don't... It doesn't matter what country. I just... Hopefully, they can all be turned down from the Khabib Makachev fan base. I think we can all agree on that. Again, it has nothing to do with, with, with race or whatever. It's, it's just... just that crowd does, seems to be the loudest, right? Um, Guru the Pig says, Is Peter Yan still the best and most dangerous fighter, 135 pounds, despite losing three of his four fights? Uh, I, I, no, you can't You can't say he's the best. Um, I still love me some Peter Yan. Um, I've tempered, obviously, on that. Uh, we got to see some more smart decision-making from him. I may be going to see his fight live, by the way. Shout-out to... Uh, uh, listener from the show, which is uh, particularly interesting to stay tuned for, folks, because that's going to be in a, a new venue out here in Vegas, that will, at least a venue we've yet to have UFC fights in. So really curious on that. I'm uh, going to push on here. After, uh, I just want to get uh, some chick. Uh, 
<laughs> Some Jig Daniel, when I first saw you, knew that you had a flame in your heart. Yeah, I do got that a fire inside, baby. AF5 for better and for worse. Mainly, it seems like. But yes, uh, thank you. Uh, some trick. Uh, some trick says, Andrade, minus 125 value. Take a hard stance, Dan. I, I think there is value. Let's get into that right now, shall we? All right, 46, 47 minutes in. We did 10 minutes of Q&A. We'll get to the rest of you guys at the end of the show here. Gonna push for a breakdown. Top to bottom, UFC Vegas 69, UFC Fight Night 219, UFC Fight Night, Andrade Blanchfield. Uh, may we have more names, please? Andrade currently minus 135. Come back on Blanchfield plus 115. So if you're getting minus 125, that's a great number. I was thinking about playing that, but I kind of already exposed myself before the line drop. Andrade opened at minus 190, which isn't that crazy either. Um, she dropped down to minus 155, minus 150 by the time it came for me to play it. And I was going to pull the trigger on Andrade minus one. I'm getting right into the bets for even the analysis to back myself up. I guess why not? Let's go this way. Um, skip the foreplay. Uh, don't skip the foreplay. You know what I'm saying. Point is, um, I, w I thought that was more than bettable, even minus 155. You know me. It's minus 150 or below for the playable chalk that I like to singularly target, money line or otherwise, uh, as far as what I consider playable chalk, as far as our languages, right? Competitive, close rounds, we have all these weird languages. I'm trying to at least stay consistent here, folks, and, and stay grounded um, to reality. Uh, I thought there was value in that, but depending on what house you're playing, um, Bet Online had the over and under set at 3.5, and, and they also had their under 3.5 set at minus 150. So... Uh, between seeing that and as well as Andrade, if she is going to win, it's probably it's it, it, it's got to be early because that's where she gets most of her finishes historically. Even though she doesn't tire, it's not like that's the problem. It's just where does she historically get them to do that basic uh, belligerent math, uh, if you will. Um, but also, where does a short notice fighter in general, whether they're Andrade or not, whether they have a good gas tank or not, where does it befit behoove them to to finish? Uh, to try to make their mark in a fight against someone who's actually been preparing and had the full camp. That is the beginning that is the element of surprise right we'll talk potentials with hernandez repeating the daryush performance you know shout out to my guy justin james we got another uh we got another alta coach of mine fighting juan camilo ronderas who we'll get to um uh, of course justin justin james short notice debut i went well for him uh ronderas's did not he's going to try to make that back we'll get to his fight later but the point is yes doesn't matter what level what era uh what division you want to go early right and blanchfield uh, we haven't had to see her in five rounds. She's not been scheduled for five rounds. Her cardio doesn't seem bad, but she is much more of a finisher than led to believe. You could be like, oh, she went to decision with Sarah Alpar or uh, Brogan Walker Sanchez or uh, Maverick, which is not as bad because Maverick was favored. Many, including myself, uh, were, was high on Maverick. And even though I didn't go out and like bet the house on her or anything in that fight, like I, I certainly picked her from what I remember. I didn't think I got to research this fight that fight too well to be honest um but if you look at all those fights uh blanchfield who i actually like there's a lot to like about it do i like her in this fight no this is probably one of the worst stylistic like matchups outside of the champion valentina shevchenko but there's actually a lot to like and unfortunately what what do they do they have her you know again in that miranda maverick fight that was a curtain jerker fight was it not like you've got two prospects killing each other and you make it a curtain jerker in the prelims where you know, surprise, surprise, whether it's her, uh, this division, another female division, or any of the lighter weight men's divisions, they all get buried to the damn prelims, despite them being meaningful fights, promising fighters, who you are trying yourself as the promotion to build up in one of your weaker divisions. I need it. 
But God forbid we skip out on, a, on an opportunity to put heavyweight force-fed crap and slap it to us on the main car like we're in a fucking pig trough. God damn it, Mick and Sean. Sorry. Um, I would be open for them to chew me out like behind closed doors, by the way, since they don't do anything in public. Like, at least I would then get like their explanation as like to why, like, is there a fetish? Like, should I like be respectful? Am I am I am I fetish? Am I kink shaming by like calling this out? Like, what's going on here? Um, anyways, the point is, and again, you didn't have to like you know that was another contender versus contender match matchup versus Santos Blanchfield. Um, your thoughts on that aside, whether you were excited for that aside, again, at least it's a meaningful fight. But my pet peeve is not that these fights are headliners. I understand they're not the most sexiest headliners. Um, though I would take them if we're splitting hairs over the heavyweight, light heavyweight stuff that they traditionally shove down our throats. Uh, what upsets me more is, again, they don't give these fighters the proper build. Like, how do you expect the media to know them? How do you expect the fans who are, you know, investing in this crap to to know or to care if you yourself, as the promotion, pr keyword, promote, are not promoting? How? How? Oh, until they get to a main event and you, you, you put them in with, like, the, the, the two most Brazilian beast athletes uh, when the one thing that is a question mark on this potential prospect, Blanchfield, is her athletic ceiling, which it doesn't look high, and even if it was, she is so young, she's not even close to its potential. <sighs> okay, uh, but yeah, I like Blanchfield, and back to the point I was saying about her decisions and her being a finisher, tying it back to the point of my under 3.5 play at minus 150. Um, is that she actually is very aggressive and has a reliable process to the point of, like, Brogan Walker-Sanchez, I believe two of those rounds, Sarah Alpar, I think rounds two and three, like, at least one, arguably two of the three rounds, the fighter was saved by the bell. So, again, they went to decision, but, like, she was, like, she's doing the same passing. It's a real, um, again, she's not athletic, and it's going to sound crazy comparing her to Usman. Again, not apples for apples here as far as high percentage choices, both Entering uh, her takedowns, completing them with her chain selections once she's on top, when she chooses to advance, all that whole process in between that whole neighborhood of sequencing. She sequences well. She's never short on ideas. And she draws from a pool of ideas that are high percentage ideas. So, and in the Maverick fight, it was only one of the rounds, not two. But in that fight too, there's arguably one round where even Maverick, you could have argued, maybe was saved by the bell there. So she's going to decision, but she is, is like practically finishing these fights by the time they get there against good people. And again, if Andraj is not going to win, right, something, it's more of an X factor of her taking this fight on short notice. Again, we've had Strickland start the year with it. We had Bruno Fajeda cash for a bunch of you guys out there. The short notice, one week short notice, more to be specific fighters. It's not necessar necessarily a coffin nail. As some, including myself, have suspected when trying to quote unquote play it safe. That being said, that doesn't mean that the variable, the X variable, doesn't exist on what condition is Andrade when she didn't get the call. You know, when she got the call, right? Is she just trying to collect checks? Like, I feel like she should be doing pretty well. She is, uh, you know, up there, not with Jim Miller, but as far as in relation to her, relative to her contemporaries, one of the most fighters, she had to have banked some checks, but again, this is mixed martial arts checks. These are UFC checks, who may be better than other promotions. But uh, again, I'm not trying to, you know, get into the, the you know the, the typical gross conjecture of a of a you know uh, 
objectifying women and talking to them and, and talking shit and throwing shit on their only only fans. But yes, uh, Andrade has come out notably public story as far as like money needs and stuff like that. With that, I, I didn't really look into that too closely. But again, would it be the most surprising thing in the world that the fighters who you think are getting paid, in fact, are getting paid less than what you think and are not getting paid a fair shake? Color me shocked, right? So again, we don't we don't we don't know these things, um, despite what they should be. So she comes in bad condition. Um, Blanche feels she can get countered a lot. She doesn't move her head, but she does shift and throw a decent southpaw head kick that she's hurt people. Granted, it was Victoria Leonardo, Leonardo Leonardo, who like has a magnet for getting like either head kicked or her arms broken with kicks. It seems like. Um, I'm not trying to pick on her. It just seems like what it is, right? But that being said, folks, what do I always say? Death taxes and short and stout and or dipping wrestle box boxers dipping into head kicks from the southpaw side that is andrage right um so that is definitely something that could happen maybe just rocks her and she goes in and blanchfield has a highable guillotine and andrage thinks she can throw her way out and doesn't account for the high elbow and and maybe blanchfield you know gets a gets a cheeky club and sub or something if the outlying chance blanchfield wins i believe the 1.5 units on the minus 150 under 3.5 will cover that uh, for a unit in return. And I also played a whole unit on Andrade inside the distance at plus 110, so I don't have to sweat in case Andrade takes a submission. I know I called for a club and sub last time, but she had no um, intention on grappling with Murphy, even when it was desperation shots and she could have just pounded her out from up top. She still didn't look interested in it. I don't think she's going to be interested in a slightly more dangerous, though albeit less physical, a slightly more dangerous submission fighter in Blanchfield. So my club and sub cheeky stuff is not there. And you're not even getting as good of a number as they gave you for um, Lauren Murphy, which, which is funny too. So it just wasn't worth it. So yeah, give me plus 110 for a unit on Andrade inside the distance if she doesn't. She'll probably still cash the under, and again, if she loses, I, I I don't know. There's no sure shots. There's no locks. I'm sorry to break it to you guys in case you didn't already know that. Anybody telling you that is a liar in this game, but you can fortify your bets based on the analysis fairly well. And if I must say so myself, if I'm not jinxing myself, although what worse could I do with my luck that I've had? Again, I'm very fortunate. I'm very grateful. I'm very privileged. But when it comes to circumstantial luck, fucking it's comical it's like it's like an anger management meet the parents movie over here folks um you should have seen what happened to today uh just on my my run to get dog supplies anyways neither here nor there my god um but yeah uh, that i feel like i'm pretty as fortified as you're gonna be uh under 3.5 rounds minus 150 1.5 units uh andrage inside the distance plus 110 one unit and to answer the chat's question again, if you're getting anything from minus 150 or under, I think that's value on Andrade. If you want to kick for coverage for the money line. Uh, but again, I liked that under angle more, and that's already for me paying for chalk. So I'll probably stay off the money line and just enjoy this fortification and not get greedy. Because other people can get greedy and bet like multiple things on multiple fights that are crazy and like cash me? No, 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 no. Yeah, this might be end up looking definitely like the best line of the card, Andrage, or any any of these like Andrage lines, to be honest. And um, yeah, I'm I'm not going to uh, overly dip. I'm gonna practice discipline. Um, we got Zach Pauga, Pauga. Sorry uh, for your ears. Pauga uh, versus Jordan Wright plus two thirty. Uh, Pauga minus two seventy five. Of course, he's the favorite. Um, 
God, I mean, again, did, did I say that the co-main event died in 2019? I should have said, no, hold on, Dan. You think this is the standard to drop just from 2019? Uh, once you entered the ESPN era, of course, Kowinky dink right? Uh, it's just gotten even worse. I mean, what are we doing here? This is ridiculous. Of course, I'm going to break down the co-main event from a betting perspective. And although I responsibly so gave you guys a lean for that, I still put my money where my mouth is. Again, only quarter unit. Of course, you know, that bet doesn't cash. So someone will go cherry pick that and be like, you bet, you bet. Jack Paul in round one. Spoiler alert. Um, I know that the inflation on a stupid fight that you shouldn't be betting on is forcing many to consider the contrarian take, which I'm all about, and I get I'm not hating, I'm not throwing shade. But it's what it is. Inflation makes you consider some contrarian shit. And right now, it's the over. And I get it. And Pauga sounds like, and looks like an over fighter, deceptively. You know, he's Samoan, but, you know, he's not exactly deadening guys with one shot, and he can get hurt, you know. Uh, not just in the Usman fight, uh, in the Jacques or whatever, the, the French-sounding guy name who wrestles but doesn't wrestle a lot in that fight for whatever reason, he actually hurts him with a similar shot uh, Usman does because Paruga uh, tends to lean heavily and dip toward that side. Again, wrestle boxing style, um, you can fall into kicks from that side, but what else can you fall into? Sure, left hooks. Again, you're dipping to your right, which is your opponent's left. If you disproportionately dip out of position, you, you are asking to be hit. And um, that's what Pauga does. Now, he's got some jab counters, level changes, roll off the crosses, even Superman punches that he can convert into momentum for double legs against the cage. Plenty of directions he can go off it. He uses it. That doesn't change the fact that it's there for him to be hit if he's not careful. Um, so you definitely got to be careful uh, there. I'm guessing like 58-ish. I don't know. I'll probably go look at that. That's what I am with that. I'm trying to timestamp these as I go along. But yeah, um... So I get that. But here's the potential problem at the end of the day is that Jordan Wright, um, he's not the smallest middleweight, but he's not the biggest middleweight either. It doesn't seem to cut a lot of weight. Um, and uh, I think even self Millie doesn't cut a lot of weight. Now he's going to 205. Again, just trying to stop the bleeding of a streak. And never like it when fighters do that. Um, Pauga is changing weight classes too, but he's going back to his natural weight class. That's where he mainly fought. Um, and even though he's barely fought, he's like a spring chicken compared to the experience of Wright. Um, it, it's just way more well-rounded. I could see why he's favored. So here's the thing. Um, even though he's been caught, and that worries me, and Jordan Wright could get a round one finish here, and, and no one should be surprised, uh, it's just that minus 125 is not a sexy bet, especially when you're not giving an actual bet and it's a lean. What am I going to lean you guys in a chalk? And B, I couldn't even put my money where my mouth is on a lean or a pick because uh, those pick the fight to finish in round one or round two were... Again, God bless y'all that you get to build your records off that. If I got round three or decision props, if I got finishes in round one or two, if I got all these crazy fucking options that y'all get to get that I would have cashed big on, but I never get to play these lines, maybe I would do okay too. Maybe I would put that as a lean. Maybe I would put that as a bet. But I just have disdain for those fucking lines, um, and uh, it's just not fair for people who don't get to play them, so I try to get it, keep it a little more, uh, you know, all access in, in, in that regard, and um, and yeah, that was like minus 125, you know, uh, for you know, uh, Pauga round one or two. I'm sure it was probably even more of a price for a fight to end in round one. Um, but uh, Jordan Wright doesn't have that lead hand checking 
uh, side, he really just has a right hand. He throws a right hand uppercut. He throw. He doesn't even throw kicks from that side. He mainly throws from his right side. And then when you get in close, he reaches out with his hands, which is really bad in how he gets punched and rocked most of the times. And he looks for double co- double collar t- ties um, to try to throw knees and stuff, which again is just going to get him taken down against Pauga. He's been wrestling more right. That's been his adjustment. But he wrestles himself into a hole and just tires himself out more, and it's not meaningful. And I don't think he's going to be able to do it against Pauga, who's used to wrestling guys like Blades and whatnot. Uh, and Devin Clark, who is uh, on an upswing himself of sorts, if you if you you know if you could say so. So yeah, uh, you know, I I don't see any of that working. One thing I do think could work, oddly enough, is spinning kicks. I know that's a weird thing, but I did include it in my analysis, and and, and Emmett did get hit, I believe, with spinning stuff. But anybody who sp- spun on Emmett got hit with it, whether it made a meaningful difference or not. Um, but he was facing a spinner, and Rodriguez right. Uh, same here, uh, Rodriguez uh, right. Obviously, traditional martial arts will spin. And Pauga, again, I went through and watched like all his regional tape, and it was only twice, but one of the times he looked like he got hurt with a spinning back through the body that right will throw. So actually, I think that's the I think it's I think that's the one thing to look for here, um, for Jordan Wright. But ultimately, I pick Pauga, and I'm still gonna pick and play him round one and stayed away from the over because ultimately I do think this finish is under and minus one two seventy five or over is way too much to pay for that. Um, but it, it just comes down to Wright's durability, like. Not even just the chin, but to the body. Like anywhere this guy gets hit with clean, it just it it crumbles and shakes him. Like it just it essentially comes down to Pauga could have the game plan to like I'm gonna draw draw this guy out. Not even pass round one. Pauga could be like I'm gonna draw this guy out to round three. Like it doesn't doesn't matter, man. Round two, round three. I just don't think Wright is durable enough to get there. Like, the only reason why he got to round two in his last fight, which that was such a painful under to miss, by the way, was because Dusko Todorovic was fighting, like, Dirko Todorovic. And uh, just, yeah, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> not trying to be mean there. But you know what I'm saying? He was not fighting smart. Um, and, uh, yeah, and he was, compl- he was he in fact, he was obliging um, Wright's bad wrestling with more bad wrestling, and they just bad wrestle-fucked each other until... Um, they got tired, and of course, Jordan Wright always self-destructs harder than his opponent, so that's what you got there in the fight. Actually, still probably could have, you could have argued still a finish for the under, but it wasn't me blaming the ref in that instance, even though you could have argued that it was more just the, the fight IQ was just even lower than low in that fight, which was really ridiculous. Um, you look at the fight where he, even he loses in round two, another one against Joaquin Buckley. If you actually go back and rewatch that, he was out on his feet. The fight should have been stopped in round one. He wasn't even coherent to his corner. It was actually gross, and I was worried for Wright's health. And he literally gets stopped with the first punch in round two. So, again, is that really a round two stoppage, right? Uh, and the no contest was, of course, a round one defeat. Um, you know, I know DC would call his UFC debut after his Contender Series fight, after his brief stint in LFA. And still consider this kid undefeated, and even though he got knocked out by Anthony Fluffy Hernandez, um, again that was in round one. So really, the two fights, which he still loses, that go to round two, like they really go to round two? Should they really go to round two? Not really. So uh, yeah, when you look at it, it's just like I I just don't think now he's going to be in there with an actual guy who's can comport himself at heavyweight, and he's not the biggest middleweight, and he's going up. Like, yeah, I don't see anything on the training. I went to, like, his gym, the dynamics. Uh, um, Anthony Hardunk reminds me of early Henry Um Yeah, I don't like it. So uh, I just sprinkled on Pauga round one. I actually got it for better odds than what my article had. I got it for plus 170 just for round one straight up at, like, bet online. So I just took a, a quarter unit to pretty much get, like, a half unit back there. 
nothing too crazy. Um, yeah, uh, finish that fight. What time is it for this fight? 106. 106. Carbo. Carbo Parisian, baby. Plus 205. Jamal Pogues. They invited everybody. Minus 245. I mean, death taxes and the UFC matchmakers force-feeding us heavyweight fights. I mean, you know, why put fan-familiar name, UFC-deserved veteran, former title challenger, O St. Prue, who's facing former PFL heavyweight champ and tournament winner, who I believe actually the UFC pays a pretty penny for, um, as far as his contract and per fight, like they're paying for the guy. Why would we put that on the main card? Like I got to imagine they can't fuck up, even though it's listing Alex Fernandez and Jim Hill, Jim Miller as a prelim. I mean, even more incriminating, obviously the best fight on the card if they do that as well. But yeah, no, no Carbo Parisian and Jamal Pogues, baby. That's what the fans want to see. Like, that's what I hate, you know, again, like, oh, people who even like sent for the UFC, it's like, why do you care so much? They don't even care for their product that much. Like, look at it. My God. Um, I didn't go back to what Reed Pogues and my grading the winners. You guys should go and check that out. Um, I actually recall giving him actually a pretty decent um, grade. Um, again, despite the look, somebody posted like the K1 division like 20 years ago, how like how, how elite everybody, they look like all ripped and well-rounded. And I'm just like, how many divisions of heavyweight combat sports from boxing, kickboxing, to even just MMA, like, especially in those the, the 2000s, right? Like, I mean, like, I feel like, like, honestly, like, like even like the old, like, Tim Sylvia uh, days of the UFC heavyweight division, like, we had better in shape. I'm trying to be nice about this, but basically, to, to pull, to, forgive me in advance, let me just say it bluntly. Has the UFC heavyweight division ever been fatter? Is what I'm trying to say here. Like, like I feel like, I feel like 2004 Rico Rodriguez could roll in fresh off of a coke binge, and the, co the commentators would be like, "Look at this athletic ceiling on this guy." In in respective to his contemporaries, like you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like coked out Rico Rodriguez would be an athletic prospect of today, it's modern era. In the year of our Lord, 2023. I mean, what the fuck is going on? Shouts to my guy, Brasschuk. I mean, we really do have two divisions. This is We've got some movement, folks. We've got T-shirt in the pool division movement. I know we had we had Tybura, um, you know, Ty Tybura uh, and Ivanov uh, the week before. Last week, what did we have? We had, uh, oh, yeah, we had Porter, Parker Porter, and Taffa, who missed weight at heavyweight. And we got Carbo Parisian. As my guy Brad likes to say, the long-lost uh, Parisian brother who was misplaced in the Midwest and forced to survive off carbs, the poor guy. Um, by the way, Josh Parisian, I like him. He's, he seems like he's got my kind of sense of humor and the analysis type of sense of humor. The guy seems to be a fan of the hog analysis. If you go look up his tweets with his buddy, uh, Chaos Williams, I'll leave it at that. Um, so hopefully he's not doing too much uh, getting in his own head here. Um, he's a pretty big underdog, but I think this could be a close fight. You guys are probably going to have to check out my quick picks and prognostications. I don't think Pogues should not be the favorite, but by this much, and will it matter as far as my pick? Should it matter as far as a play? Because let's be honest, this is a fight where you should stay away. Uh, we'll see. But again, at Dan Tom MMA, hit me up on fight day uh, to see where I ended up uh, as far as that. Hey, Lou Betch is in the house. I got to give him a shout. 
I remember spin kicking Liam. It didn't end well for me. I don't blame you, Lou. Liam is a savage. Liam is a savage, son. Uh, but again, uh, Lou, you know, me and you, buddy, we're, uh, you always, I always got a room on the bench uh, next to me if you want to come hang out with me, Lou. Uh, that's always welcome. All right, we got uh, moving down to the main card. I mean, what's one light heavyweight fight? Why not two? Again, not former UFC title challengers who have headlined multiple fight nights and multiple events who fans are familiar with, with a guy you're paying top dollar with, who's won million dollar tournaments and titles outside the organization that share your sister broadcast company ESPN Plus. No! No, 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 no. Bracknell versus Thick Willie. Again, I'm a Thick Willie fan. Phrasing. Uh, so, obviously, I don't mind, but objectively, what are we doing here, folks? What are we doing here? We got Thick Riri son minus one twenty. What are you guys doing betting on Thick Willie? Like he should be the dog here. I should get a I should get a nice plus number on the unit that is Thick Willie. Um, unit, of course, I'm talking. You know how English folks refer to really built men. He is a unit there. Oh, he is right. He's a right unit, that one. Eh? Bosh. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna turn into Big John if I keep eating any more Chinese's. Um, yeah, uh, to be honest, it's open that eat and pick them, and it probably should be closer to a pick them, but I'm honestly surprised that Prakniel wasn't favored, and I'm mad that he wasn't favored more, because when I got to looking at the fight, to be honest, I'm just going to pick Prakniel, and I probably should here still, but I actually ran decent tape on this fight, not just going off my Thick Willie Phantom like you guys think, and I was like, oh my god, like, we're getting a ridiculous price on Prakniel, this line is stupid. Now, I still think he should be the favorite, and, a, and not by a, a, a long margin, but like, again... A little more discernible, at least a discernible favorite at the very least. Um, he is not, and after watching the tape, I can kind of see why. You know, he's 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 getting good training in. Look, like he got some training with Jan Blakovich, Alir Latifi, which you know, again, a, another bowling ball. You know, um, who's who? You know, at least is familiar with you know single legs and all the freestyle wrestling takedowns. Can do him better than William Knight, at least at the very least. Can teach him the defense. Maybe we'll see how much that translates. Um. But Prakniao is just, you know, it's just tooth and nail. He's got to be hyped up. He can dig it out in round three. Um, but I feel like he, he's got to take a round off as well. You know, he'll come back one-to-one -one and kind of make a good effort, whether he wins or loses, like he uh, lost in the Lins fight, won in the round tree fight, you know. But it's so tooth and nail. And even though um, he appears difficult to take down, it's like how many wrestlers did he really face, right? Like, let me look at it right now. In fact, like... They're talking about his um, takedown defense percentage, how it was good before, you know, uh, his fight against Linz. But it's like, who was really even trying to take him down? Now, Alvi really wasn't. Um, Magomedov didn't, you know, he, uh, which, again, we're learning he doesn't always go to takedowns. That Mike Rodriguez fight, he got finished in the clinch. There was no takedowns in that. So they're, like, they're talking about his takedown defense, but I'm like, who even shot takedowns against him? Again, uh, Khalil Roundtree, uh, shot none. Um, okay, Sam Alvey got one. He went one for one. You know, again, that was... Who knows what that was about. Um, and, yeah, like, like Valenueva took him down, which is crazy. He went one for one. Um, yeah, w William Knight, I think that uh, he can do this a lot smarter. Now, I was not high on William Knight. I wasn't betting him. I probably maybe only picked him one out of his two last losses. But um, that was he was going through heavyweight, going through some cam changes. Now, by the way, it doesn't uh, <clears throat> still looks like he's lifting more weights in training, which is problematic. 
And I still don't see any like major committed gyms claiming him or anything on the social medias um, that I can really research. So I don't know how much of the gym situation has been solved since that gym drama, health drama, and all those things. He looks great on the gram. Of course, he always looks great. Thick Willie, you know, he's always he's always moving plates and uh, you know, I don't know whatever weird creepy thing you want to think of. By the way, shout out to Aaron Bronstetter, TSN MMA show this week, who actually pitched the Thick Willie name to him, and Will, William Knight was his like. And it sounds like people have some fetishes they're trying to work out. <laughs> I was like, call him. Tell him, Willie. Tell him. And Aaron was like, no, no, it's because you're a muscly guy. <laughs> it's just great. I love it. Thick Willie. Thick Willie, son. Um, but um, Thick Willie actually doesn't really tire um, that much. And again, it's just one of those things like, oh, big muscles, Rogan, Roganisms, right? But he's like, he's got that Derek Lewis effect where he's actually really live late in fights. Um, and Prakniao, whether he's successfully defending and looking improved... And going or not, going the distance or not, like he's he's tiring out. It makes him tired, regardless if he's successful or not. And um, we really saw that take effect, like DC was pointing out against Felipe Lins, who actually wasn't even successful at first, um, which had me worried for you know Thick Willie's chances. But then you see you know Prakniel still kind of drop off. And again, win or lose, decision or not, like he's getting rocked in every fight. Like Thick Willie is gonna rock him, um, and he's got to you know. I don't want to say it's a check hook because the one time you got the knockout with it, like it was like a straight arm against the water buffalo. Uh, but he actually throws a, a more decent hook that really connects on Menafield, which we've seen before, right? Uh, in round one, uh, the left hook OSP got him Menafield with as well. Uh, also, um, those checking the shots, those counters are really what it's going to be. There's also that thick Willie thing where he doesn't look as good, but like he's you know he's obviously not as dependable. Prakniel is going to throw himself in the fire. He's going to get hurt. But he will more dependably throw offense, and he will more dependably throw more. So if you want to pick him for that reason alone, I wish you the best of luck. You actually have plus money. Like, I don't blame you. You're going to be sweating. This is probably not a fight you should bet. I should probably stay away, but uh, I'm probably going to end up picking Thick Willie here, even though I actually, I know it sounds crazy because like, oh, Dan, you like ogle over Thick Willie. Like, of course you're going to pick him. Like, no, I don't always pick him, and I definitely don't always bet him, folks. Um, untrue. Um, yes, I do love me some thick willy though. But I mean, you know what I'm saying. Uh, I will say, God, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> I haven't eaten all day. I like a smoothie today. Um, but uh, yeah, like uh, I, I, I will say that, like, um, yeah, like, I don't blame you for playing Prakneo in that sense. And I'm definitely not gonna lay the chalk on Thick Willy. But I am gonna look at Thick Willy in round three because I feel like either of them can get the finish. You know. I mean, Pragnia could be finished in any round. Let's see when uh, what what round Thick Willie typically gets his finishes in. He's uh, I know he's gotten round three before. Uh, he's gotten finished in round three, so I got that wrong. Opposite, because I went for that round three angle. That's right, and I I, I ate shit on that. Just because I ate shit on it doesn't mean it's it, 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 it's it's not there for this one, right? Um, he can pull it out. I know it was super close against um, Menafield there. Uh, round one, round one. Yeah, most of his finishes actually are in round one. He's got one round two finish, two round two, three round two finishes actually, in the uh, on his amateur career. I don't know. I just I just suspect that the wrestling round two or round three. I don't know. Um, can do something there. Uh, uh for Prakniel, I want to look what those odds are or what he is by by submission, but it would have to be something stupid like that, like for high odds for me to even touch this fight. What is Thick Willie sub? Um, plus 1,200? 
Yeah, I might sprinkle just a little bit on that because he'll grab a neck or something stupid and he won't let go. And Prakneal seems like he's very submittable. It's just no one's really tried yet. Um, and, uh, you know, otherwise we go, what, Thick Williams at the distance plus 150. See, he's just as liable to win a decision. Maybe, like, you bet the over in this fight. What's what's the over? Look at my over. Over 2.5. Uh, places are kind of split depending on where you're looking for the over. The over one and a half is chalked up, and it opened as plus money, I'm going to guess. No, opened as minus 150. All right. Wow, okay, so they figure this one's going to go long. What's night by decision, then? Professional doing it all on here, huh? I actually taped this fight. I just didn't really, like, peruse the betting lines that close, to be honest, because I'm not trying to bet this fight. Uh, plus 450, it opened at plus 330. Hmm, and then what's, what's Thick Willie round three? 900, what do we open at? Eh, 900, I don't really like that. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe I throw, like, something funny by sub or something. I don't know. It's not, uh, no, no, nothing I'm rushing out there to bet, folks. Um, we'll treat this one like it's the main card, then I'll, I'll break and speed break down the rest. Uh, how does that sound? We got Alex Hernandez, minus 225. Jamilasan, plus 190. Um... Yeah, I, I didn't take this fight yet, to be honest, but let's be honest. Uh, I'm probably going to be going with Jim Miller, and I'm probably going to blind bet him and ride with Jim Miller. It feels dangerous. If he's going to lose, it's going to be like how uh, Alexander Hernandez came in and beat Southpaw uh, Benil Dariush in short notice, right? It's going to surprise him. Jim Miller's old. It could happen, right? But um, despite Hernandez being 3-1 and one against UFC-level Southpaws, right? He beats Benil, then he beats OAM, which is pretty impressive. Um, that's just that wasn't a replicable fight we've seen at a high level since unfortunately for Hernandez so hard to count on that um of course he lost to Dober and he beat gosh is it off the top of my head now sorry folks Francisco Trinaldo air quotes he beat Francisco Trinaldo right so he's probably two and two if we're being honest um, and the two wins, if you know, again, we can always play this game, it's unfair to the fighters. But the two wins, if we count them as two and two, um, were kind of outliers in two different ways an abrupt finish and a prolonged fight that we have against a decent guy that we aged well, deceptively well, but we haven't really seen any kind of replication of it since. So, again, tricky, tricky softball stat numbers. I'll probably do the softball report tomorrow. I know I'm late this week with that. I'm always late for something if I do one thing. Buzz the hair. I buzzed the hair before I came on here. It was like on a time. Lunch pretty good, huh? Save the money, did it myself. Hey. Um, but yeah, uh three and one against UFC level South Ball. Still gonna go against Jim Miller because Jim Miller can counter. It's a decent counter fighter. Um, and uh just tough as all nails. Uh he's been having some comeback wins even late in his career in round two. Uh Jim Miller, underrated wrestler, can shoot the gilly, hurts him with a check hook or clips him with something uncomfortable. Alex Hernandez will probably try to wrestle in, and then that's where the guillotine will happen. Um so I'll probably just keep for coverage and go Jim Miller. I'm not going to go cheeky around one or two. Um, you know, maybe submission. Although I'm curious to see what they priced his sub in relative uh, relative to his knockout prop. Miller 900 by knockout. Yeah, submission is probably going to be much lower. Plus 400. What did it open as? Plus 435. Yeah. Um, I don't mind that. I was like a bonus. Maybe I'll do a Miller sub in the round robin, you know, or just do Miller straight up in the round robin. You know, I'll probably have Andrade. Round one, maybe in my round robin. Or Andrade KO because the house uh, I play in makes me choose, Parker, choose! It doesn't get me, let me play inside the distance. 
Uh, Pauga round one is not sexy, even though I already sprinkled on it. But since I already put money around mouth is, maybe I put that round one in the uh, old round robin. Um, maybe like Thick Willy by sub or Thick Willy by decision or Thick Willy round three, depending on what I land on. Something cheeky like that. Um, for the round robin, again, I'm not seriously looking to expose myself. <laughs> Phrasing with Thick Willy. Uh, I land the chalk on him. Um, and yeah, either Miller, you get a high enough number to kick for coverage near 2-1. to one. Especially if you can get that 2-1 to one number, just kick for coverage. Or yeah, maybe I throw a, a Miller by sub. Uh, before I speed break down the rest of this card... 122 finish to Finn Miller. All right. Um, let's go to the card. Let's see here. Lou bet ya. Who is the sexy Canucker? What? The? Uh, Lou bet ya says he spin kicked his neighbor yesterday. That seven year old never saw it coming. Violence on children. <laughs> Dan, why is that funny? Come on, don't laugh. Um, uh, Lou says, Dan, this fight is at 205. Maybe Wright has durability for at least four minutes this time. Also, his mom just passed away and not trying to play narrative, but Jackson killed Sabatini. Oh my God, did that did that happen to, fuck, to Wright? Is that why he's quiet on social media? Or I did see a post for his mom, actually. Oh man, that makes me really sad. Oh, I even like... Took a shot at Jordan Wright saying, like, he, he's like the kid from Sidekicks all grown up, you know? He's like, it's like what you happen when you just raise a kid strictly on family-friendly martial arts movies. And uh, the affable, nice, uh, traditional martial arts guy who, let's be honest, you know, try to play cool, try to play cruel when I can. But, you know, I got, you know, Dan Tom's got that soft kid inside of him like that. I got the soft spot in my heart for a kid like that, I should say. And, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to deny it. Man, that makes me, that bones me out. Oh, man. That does bum me out. Well, I'll be happy if he wins, and I'm glad it's only a, a small, stupid little sprinkle I put on uh, Pauga. And maybe I'll keep Pauga out of the round robin for that moment. For that, for that mention. Um, Jared Curry. Nothing like some late-night Dan Tom. Appreciate the work you put in. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I wish it could produce more positive results, but the fact that you all appreciate it and are here, man, I cannot, uh, I cannot appreciate that. Uh, more. Uh, Liam says, Dan, check your houses. Pogue sub, 8-1 to one and higher. Makes no sense in my honest opinion. Yeah, Pogue's um, grappling is is where he puts uh, most of bread and butter in his game as far as where he's, you know, uh, on paper stuff. I think he's like a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. Um, he's won some Naga tournaments. Like, he's actually made efforts in there. I know it's heavyweight. It's not getting great strength of competition there, but but still, you know, uh, it's a guy who goes for it. And if they're, they're going to put big numbers, maybe there's something there. I'll have to look into that, Liam. Appreciate you. Um, Jared Curry says, death taxes and Thick Willie posting way more weightlifting than MMA content. Absolutely. I mean, Thick Willie should just start an OnlyFans for weightlifting content. You know what I'm saying? Um, Knight is a local level grappler. Good observation. Okay. All righty. Dot unjung tape aging like milk for old Thick Willie. Yeah, that too. I mean, Dot unjung, you find something that works to keep going for it, but then we'll make just, you know, again, bad. I hope I didn't come off bad with what I was trying to say last time about the Korean fighters. You know, I love me some Korean fighters, but let's just say Korean hype Korean fighters and big chalk is a warning sign. We'll just say that. Um, I don't think he was big chalk Dot unjung against Thick Willie there. Um, but yeah, that did not age well. Oh my goodness. 
Um, although, yeah, if you ask my man Brad, that was the first fight with the Venom shorts, and he has some kind of two-snake theory. Anyways, you'll have to ask him. Mark Mustard says, Thick Willie, old buddy, old pal. Get a little sprinkle. Yeah, rooting for anybody that plays Thick Willie. You know I'm rooting for him. I just, I can't recommend anyone lay the chalk, especially for a guy I didn't expect to pick. Kyle Johnson, Miller, and Hernandez are actually kicking off the main card. Wow! Like, what the heck happened? What went wrong for them to actually get it right with a lightweight fight? A lightweight action fight. Like, my goodness. Like, you really have to be trying this bad when you look at the disproportionate amount of light heavyweight, middleweight, and heavyweight fights and how much the lightweight roster takes up. Yet, we got to fight tooth and nail to get some lightweights on the main card, folks. You know? It's 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 pretty ridiculous. All right, going to speed break down for the rest of this. We got... Myra Chitara, Buena Silva, minus 500 versus Lena Landsbergen, plus 400. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on, Lena. Didn't she retire a bunch of times? Isn't she 40 now? Not that I'm ages, believe me. Um, especially for the older ladies in there. But uh, Chitara, too chalked up to touch. Um, I would look at a sub prop. I might put a sub prop in a round robin. You might not be too surprised to see that. She will go for it, better or worse. Let's just hope that if she doesn't get it, uh, her heavy-handed strikes score enough damage on Lena Landsberg's damageable face. I don't mean that in a cruel, mean way. She just cuts and shows damage very easily. Uh, and hopefully that will win her the round in case this thing squeaks to decision. Um, outside of Chitara, by sub, I'm not looking to touch it. Uh, we got Nazim. Nas, as Ray Longo calls him. Nas is finally making his uh, Long Island, Strong Island there. Minus 195 against Evan Elder. Comeback. Plus 165. Um, Nas, one of the few Southpaws, I believe, on this card. But Evan Elder, of course, no experience against Southpaws. So money coming in on Evan Elder. Um, scrappy, hard to finish, perhaps. But uh, I got to look more at Nas. I just know a lot of people have talked really well on him. Um, and uh, I don't know if it's him or Kusain Ashkabob. I think it's Kusain Ashkabob who's got the Sabo hand-to-hand. And typical stuff that you would see from the uh, you know Kadyrov guys. Um, so maybe that's who I'm thinking of. But Nas... Uh, well-trained, well-schooled. I got to go look exactly what it is. Oh, I know. He's got some kickboxing stuff and some Sambo stuff as well. Uh, but he has some, uh, you know, WKA kickboxing titles and whatnot. You know, trained, uh, you know, by good kickboxing coach Ray Longo. Good grapplers, good wrestlers to work with. Um, got to look more into Nas's game, but have heard good things. So not surprised to see him favored. Probably not a fight I'm going to rush out to bet unless the line keeps going down. Then maybe you have a value argument. But again... Lower level mixed with debutants. Not sure I want to touch it. Money coming in on Jamal Emmers is a dog. Now plus 135 to, again, the aforementioned Kusain Ashkabov. Um, I haven't uh, looked at uh, Ashkabov yet, um, but uh, again, yeah. He's got the Sambo combat, uh, hand-to-hand combat, uh, master of sports stuff that you would expect there. Emmers, brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but coming off that injury and stuff. And again, um, you know, we'll see which way I side. Check for my picks on fight day. But even if I were to side with Emmers, let's just say I still probably wouldn't play him as a dog because a lot of the meat, A, is being taken off the bone. And B, even though, you no, know, did I call for Sabatini to win exactly like that when I cashed a Sabatini by sub? No. But what was the reasoning? If you go back and listen to that breakdown, Jamal Emmers makes suspect decision-making throughout wins and losses throughout his entire career, if you look closely. And it just... The fight IQ jumped out to me. So if that kept me away from the last time, it'll probably keep me away this time. But again, check on fight day. Uh, regardless, I don't think there'll be a play on this fight. Um, Felipe Lins, minus 215. OSP, Tennessee. 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 Uh, you know, I would go with OSP if this was like four years ago, five years ago. I think he'd be a live dog. 
Um, listed southpaw, though, he will switch stances. Felipe Lins, deceptive well of uh, UFC-level experience outside the UFC, but none of them southpaws, so you can't really compare those. Um, I did like Lins. Uh, his, gas his gas tank is still something worth watching, but, you know, let's see uh, how this cuts to 205. Maybe he gets a little better either way. OSP, not a guy to turn it on late, not a guy to put process, not a guy to really pull the trigger. Last I remember, I'm not the guy to throw out shot, that word very much, but he was kind of looking shot, if what I can remember is correct. I would love to go with OSP. I would love to be wrong. Have not looked at this fight. Perhaps I'm wrong there, but judging from the line, from what I remember, uh, not so much. You're probably going to end up with Felipe Lins. Next, you got AJ Fletcher, minus 275. What did he open at? Did he open that high? Jeez. Uh, versus uh, Themba Gorimbo. I have no clue who that is at plus 230. We'll probably go with the wild man, AJ Fletcher, the second coming of Sean Shirk, uh, as far as his reach goes in the welterweight division. But, yeah, I didn't look into this fight, obviously, and nor is it a fight that I would care to target. Uh, lastly, but not leastly, we got Clayton Carpenter, which sounds like a fake name, minus 305. What did he open as? Uh, of course, we got my guy, the comeback, Juan Camilo Ronderos. Comeback on, on him, making his comeback. Plus 255. I'm going to be too biased for this one, folks. I know I've picked against fighters with bias at Extreme Couture, but it's like fighters I don't either don't know or don't know really that well at all. Like, I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a legit history with uh, Juan Camilo Renderos, you know. Uh, he came into some of my first classes back in the day in 2012. Um, I fell off and suck, uh, but he kept to the grindstone and uh, kept at it and uh, was undefeated as an amateur. Uh, four-time champion at Tough Enough, one of the most accoladed amateur uh, organizations. Um, went undefeated on the pro scene, even out of quality wins over quality names like uh, Eric Shelton, going five rounds. But uh, yeah, you know, you've, you know that they took the fight on short notice uh, against a technical guy like David Dvorak. It was a tough fight. Obviously, we saw it happen. Uh, obviously, he popped afterwards. He'll, he'll tell you that himself. Um, which, I, say what you will, and I know maybe, you know, uh, not like, you know, not the best case to make a, a stand or whatever, uh, with bias included and all the other details, of course. But I am just saying, and I, I do keep the same energy. It is unfortunate part about the, the fighters about taking fights on short notice. It's just like, okay, so now it's just like, uh, but, but now it's just like, they should get like some kind of leeway on, uh, on, on, you know, the drug testing and whatnot or anything like that, especially for certain things that you could pop for um, that don't pertain to fighting and, if anything, only hurt yourself. But uh, that's another conversation for another time, just trying to state the facts, not trying to pull any punches here just because it's my guy. But I will say, it is my guy, man, and I do love Juan Camilo, and I'm going to be riding, uh, riding or dying with him. So you're not going to get a good, useful, or unbiased analysis from me. But... I will always state that, like I always do, um, regardless if it's a real factor or not. This time, this time it honestly is. Um, I could pick him confidently. I could pick him reluctantly. I could not pick him. I could only pick him because he's my boy. I could do every variation on the spectrum, and it really doesn't matter. You're not going to get any useful information from me. I'm not going to bet this fight, nor should I bet this fight, nor could I give you... I would just be misleading you. I would be misleading my own money no matter what because I'm either going to steer into my bias or I'm going to do a classic Danton move that not a lot of people do, but I will mess myself up the other way and I will overcorrect the steering wheel the other way. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to ride or die with my guy, Juan Camilo Renderos. He's worked his ass off. Uh, just been through a ton. A ton of injuries this, this past couple of years that he had to work through. 
But uh, the dude works his ass off. The dude is an overperformer, not just by his record in the gym. Goes with good guys. Uh, I'm not bullshitting you there. The guy, dude's a scrapper, man. He's uh, much more better than he showed and has shown. And regardless of the result, I really hope he gets to show out, man, his, his, his actual skills. Um, and, of course, I'm going to be picking him. So that is that for that as far as the prelims go. 134. 134. All right, I'm going to clean up the chat before I recap my picks and uh, plays. And uh, we'll see here what is going on. We got the last stand of one. Overcuts for the win. Uh, that's a great term. Is that my guy Karth over there from uh, from Fight, Fight Site Podcast or... or or Silas, um, but yeah, that's a great name uh, for it. Uh, overcuts. Uh, that, that's of course punching when someone has your back. I, I, you know me, I hate that non-leveraging strikes, but you know, I will. Uh, that's a that's a that's a cheeky little name there. Uh, sharp books way lower, like plus four fifty. Uh, I'm sure you're talking about a line I was talking about. Liam, apologies for missing that, sir. Liam picks fight says Elder impressed me prior to Parsons ass whooping. Yeah, I got to go back and rewatch that myself. Um, Excited to see him back down at 55. Yeah, he's going back down to his normal weight class. That should be mentioned as well. Good good shot there, Liam. Themba, not polished, but massive reach advantage. Okay, yeah, I'll have to look closer into that one. Of course, I will post my picks on fight day and plays, as per usual, what I end up on at Danton MMA. In a perfect world, I would love to give it to you guys early on this podcast. Hell, even before my Action Network posts and be like one of the cool kids posting all my hot takes and picks and plays and bets in the beginning of the week so I can brag about value and stir the pot and get the anxiety and the FOMO all going to you all love to do. I hate it. I hate it. I don't do it. I can't do it. I try to do it. I can't. Uh, I'm, You know, me, my process, my actual OCD and ADD, it's all fun stuff, which I should probably stop talking about because there are people who, who will uh, use that against me, unfortunately. But I'm just trying to be real with y'all, man. I'm trying to be real, you know? And and I will talk to people, like colleagues, like about like day-to-day stuff. And like I feel like I'll just get like a blank stare. But then I'll hear like guys like who are on the prep beat, even though it's a different beat than me, obviously, and they travel. But as far as like researching tape and not shortcutting and having that attitude of doing the work and valuing the work, that's why I love my guy John Anik who does that. So to hear him kind of like have little like moments of human being where he's like, God forbid I want to spend time with my family and watch the Super Bowl on a Sunday, but I got to rewatch Makachev, right? Um, he's almost saying it with dis- disdain, almost even though it's a great fight. And he acknowledges that, and I get it. I don't hold that against him. I understand that weird kind of dichotomy, for lack of a better word, if you will, that you kind of have to have. It's just like, I, I went back to watch, you know, some of those main card fights, but did I get all the way down to Tukugov and, and, and whatever? No, no, I didn't. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's what it is. It's tough. I'm trying to, you know, couldn't spend actual Valentine's Day, no, no, though I don't try to because everywhere's crowded and now, like, everybody does the thing that I like to do, go out the day after Valentine's Day. So it was crowded then too, but it's like, yeah, I want to take my girl out, God forbid, and try to spend some time with my dogs. I still haven't worked out or spent time in my garage or got out hiking, you know? Like, I would love to do these things and hopefully I'm going to be able to do these things. Um, it's just been a hell of a first start to the week, uh, start to the year. I've been working my ass off with not a lot to show. So when you guys do compliment the things I do have to show, like the banners or this or that, it means the world. Shouts on the analysis, it means the world. I just, it's, it's just been extra unrewarding. Um, just, just, you know, not getting the, uh, not getting any beats or this or that. And, uh, you know, hopefully this, the comeback starts today, uh, this Saturday, like Nushan said. So, you know, uh. 
We'll see if we can positive vibe it that way. Um, but yeah, what was I was I talking? Steve Gregory here for Dan Scouse accent. Scouse fighters aren't supposed to get KO'd, but they do, do don't they do? Fochanel, Fochanel. Uh, you're gonna be putting me on the spot. It's gonna be terrible. Fochanel. Um, yeah, uh, I'll give you some more Scouse accent next time, Steve Gregory. I appreciate you, sir. I'm glad that. You guys appreciate the accents. I did a little bit of a uh, little English earlier, a little little Big John <laughs> earlier, but yeah, I didn't really get too much into the accents. My voice ain't feeling it too too well. Um, where the hell did I run off course to? Any other shouts? Uh, yeah, I forget what I was saying. Yeah, it's just hard to get through shit during the week, whatever. But yeah, uh, try my best for you guys. Appreciate you guys as usual. Um, let's recap and get the fuck out of here, shall we? Let's not waste any more time, Dan. All right, I am taking Andrade over Blanchfield. Taking Paruga over Wright. Taking Pogues over Carbo Parisian. The, 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 or maybe, I don't know. We'll see where I end up. But uh, my heart, either way, will be with a long-lost Parisian brother uh, who was misplaced in the Midwest and forced to survive off carbs. That is Josh. Uh, taking Thick Willie, <laughs> phrasing, uh, over uh, Marcin Prakniau. Um uh, I don't want, I'm not going to say it. That's a hog analysis joke. That's not my show. Um, I will, uh, but yeah, uh, I don't blame anybody for going practice now that fight, by the way. Um, taking Jimmy Lasson over, uh, Alex, the great Hernandez, who is, uh, jumping, uh, weight divisions and taking this on short notice, taking Chitara, Myra Buenasova over Lena Landsberg and taking Nas. Come on, Nas. Ray Longo here. Gotcha, Nas. Over uh, Evan Elder Scrolls. Taking, well, I'll probably take Ashkabov over Emmers, but we'll see. Not a fight I want to touch. Probably taking Lens over OSP Tennessee. Uh, not a fight I want to touch for those prices. Um, and, of course, you guys know I'm going to ride with, with my boy, the dog, the road dog, Juan Camilo Ronderos. Uh, plus 255 over Clayton Carter. Uh, didn't play. Uh, not going to allow myself to play. Not going to allow you guys to take my analysis seriously because the bias is in tow. Riding with my guy Ronderos over Carpenter. Um, you can check my notes. Go Google um, Clayton Carpenter grading the winners uh, for all these contender series fighters to get some of those thoughts on those fighters. If you're curious for more from me that I couldn't give you this time, Kyle Johnson says, Alexa, play Keep Your Head Up by Tupac Shakur. Ooh, I love that. Maybe we'll have to drop that in here. We'll see. Um, appreciate you guys as far as plays go. Uh, Andrage inside the distance, one unit, plus 110. Uh, Blanchfield Andrage under 3.5, minus 150, 1.5 units. That's my fortification coverage. Not going to get greedy. feel like we've got uh, the area surrounded as best as we can. Um, put my money where my mouth is, although it was a lean, although it was a, money, a fight that you shouldn't be betting on. Uh, you know, just a small sprinkle on Pauga around 1 plus 170. Going to stay away from that. And Roofer Wright, apparently who lost his mother. Um, you know, if, again, if anything, it's Pogues and, and Parisian. It's going to be like, you know, uh, you know, you look for cheeky sub props or overs or decisions for like this heavyweight slop fest stuff, right? Uh, or you just don't play it at all. Uh, taking William at night. But again, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be doing a cheeky sub round three or decision. If it is, maybe it's just in the round robin at all. Jim Miller, maybe he makes it in. I'm going to probably play him for kick for coverage in the money line. Do I sprinkle on the sub? Do I just put the sub in the round robin? Or do I just keep, you know, round robin and straight plays all money line, all coverage, baby? You know, do I just keep it simple stupid with my luck that I've been having? Uh, maybe a little bit of Chitara by sub, straight up, and in the rob, rob, round robin. 
um, we will see, uh, but that will uh, probably comprise, uh, comprise that unless I find something on the prelims, which I usually don't like. So thank you guys for joining me. Good luck on your picks and plays, and always protect the net.